Welcome to the Sexy Biz Babe podcast. I'm your host, Tia Lin, a business empowerment coach and motivational speaker. This show is for the high achieving woman who wants it all. Each week, I walk you through how to own your power, generate consistent leads, attract clients, and close sales with ease and confidence. It's time to make money doing what you love. Let's dive in. Hey, sexy biz babes. I have an amazing guest on today. She attracted me to her from being a trauma-based sacred sexuality coach. And I just think we have some magic to share with you today. So we're doing a little bit different. We're going to be just free flowing, talking about some really awesome topics from sex work to sacred sexuality to trauma. And I can't wait to introduce you to Valerie Schrader. And if you want to go ahead and tell all the sexy biz babes who you are and a little bit about yourself. Mm, Thank you so much, Tia. And hello to all of you wonderful listeners. I am Valerie Schrader. As she said, I am a sacred sexuality coach that is very trauma-based. I work mostly with women ex that have had a long history of not feeling in their bodies, not connecting to their voices, and really in a space of wanting to reclaim the hell out of every part of themselves and be a fuck yes to themselves. Ah, so good. So how did you get into this? Oh, that is a long and winding journey. (laughs) Um, I had been doing embodiment work for about 20 years outside of being a sex worker. I also have owned a pole dancing studio where I ran classes. And then in within the studio, I had some programs that were group based where we were doing a lot of somatic work through movement, as well as doing a lot of body reclamation. So it was always there. And then I started growing it more and more because what I was seeing was there was this really, really big need to get deeper into the traumas that we hold in our body, especially, you know, for women um, going through patriarchal conditioning, a lot of abuse, a lot of issues coming up throughout that. And I was like, okay, the dancing aspect is good, but what they're getting more is the practices we're giving that I'm giving them that are really, really getting into the mental state of this, the mind body connection. So I decided even in my own healing journey that I needed to do some more work on that. But as I was doing it, I was like, yeah, this is, this is the juice. This is the stuff that I need to focus on and help women with. And it kind of just spiraled from there. I was meeting one coach after the other that was like teaching me more and more and more. I went back and finished my degree in women's um, health and sexuality. And I really came to this place of where I was like, okay, I think I need to make the pole dancing the hobby and make the coaching the main focal points. Awesome. I love that. So how long have you been coaching? So I've been doing group coaching probably again for almost about 20 years in little programs and stuff. And then getting more into one-on-one coaching. I've done that in the last couple of years Um, And as we've been going through the pandemic, that's where that has really, really shifted, especially to an online basis, because this is where you pivot, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get into story time. 
So what is one of the biggest struggles you've had in your life? Oh, man. So there was a moment several years ago where I it was it was that pivot moment where my relationship with my ex fiance was failing. Um, My relationship to my business and just in business in general, general was failing. It was not going well. I had become injured in my career to the point that I was in nonstop pain and all of it just kind of spiraled and took me into this really, really deep depression. And that depression, um, it, it was the worst experience of my life. Like I had, I'd had bouts of it before, but this was beyond anything that I had experienced. And what I realized after it and after having to go to a hospital, having to do therapy was that all of it was centered around undealt with trauma, undealt with trauma of sexual abuse, sexual assault, and in particular that I dealt with having been a sex worker. And it was like, it had all been just sitting there under the surface for years and years and years And my mind and body finally had this moment of like, yeah, you're going to deal with this. Whether you want to or Mm -hmm. not, you're going to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So that was the moment. And yeah, yeah, that's when I dedicated myself to really working through it. Okay. So, uh, so many things I'm getting like chills with that. So what was it like being a sex worker? And if you don't mind, what did you do? Like, was it stripping? Like, let us know. Yeah, yeah. So I worked as a stripper and I also worked as a nude model. Um, I, so the, it's a really weird relationship. And I know so many other sex workers that have really weird relationships with it too. Because in one aspect of it, like I was, a, I was giving myself permission to fully put my body out there but at the other end of that, it was to make money and for somebody else's enjoyment. And it very quickly became a situation where I noticed that I let my boundaries be pushed. I let myself do things that I didn't really want to do, or I let behaviors uh, slide just to, you know, keep a customer happy, keep a client happy. Like, it was not uncommon for customers to grope and do things to you that you're not okay with. And, you know, the first couple times that I tried to present that to like a manager at a club that I was working with, it was, well, they're paying money, so don't rock the boat, right? Um, and that was when I really realized like, oh, so nobody's going to do anything about this. Gotcha. And it was really hard on me, but I just kind of accepted that that's what it was going to be like, that that's, that's what it was like. And again, in photo shoots, when I was doing nude modeling, there were shoots where, you know, I was pushed to go a little bit beyond my boundaries and things that I really wasn't comfortable doing. But I felt like I was in the situation. I was already there. The camera was already on me. So just do what the photographer is asking, right? Like, just yeah. go along with it. That was the majority of my experience. Yeah. I mean, I recently read something online about 
the porn industry. And that's kind of how it was. Like they go book a shoot and then they say one thing and then they get there and it's like this completely different thing. But like, what are you going to do? You have, you just got there, you went there. And then if you don't do it, then maybe you don't get other gigs or you don't, you don't make the money. And it's, it's kind of like a slippery slope. And I think that's kind of what I'm getting is like, you do this and you're like, maybe it started off. Okay. But over time it chips away your boundaries. It chips away your self-worth. It chips away your, yeah, your self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that was very much the case for me is like, I learned very quickly that I had no body autonomy. There was none. And, you know, maybe I signed up to do a shoot where it was going to be partial nude, but like not full blown. And the next thing that you know, they're like, oh, we'll just, just lose the bottoms. Or um, I think one of the biggest shoots that I did where my boundaries were really pushed um, is that we were already in the shoot, everything was going and they were like, well, we want to do some bondage with you. And I have no problem with the lifestyle at all, but it was more of like, I had no Ooh. ability to think about that before I ever came into it. Yeah. And ha- had you ever done that? No, I had never done it before. And I remember driving <sighs> home afterward, just in tears and shaking. And I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was about it. And it was the fact that I had no time to actually think through what was going on. And I realized like how trapped I felt and then adding the bondage into it. It was like a physical trapping of what was going on internally. And it it, it just destroyed me. Yeah. Uh, Okay. People listening to this bondage is very transformational, but it is, it's a mental it's mm-hmm. a mental thing. You have to be prepared. You have right. to, it's, it's such a mental simulation and it takes time and it takes trust and it takes so much of your mind. And it, it's people usually do it for a reason. Like some people, maybe they're surrendering to someone, maybe they're opening up to someone. So this situation, oh my gosh, that just irks me, irks my bones. Like you didn't have time. Ah. Uh, How did you deal with that? I didn't. That was the problem. I didn't say anything in the moment. I was hesitant and I was like, what? I've never done anything like this before. I don't know. And the photographer's like, oh, oh, come on. You'll be perfect for it. Like, you've got such a great figure for this and it'll be totally okay. Don't worry. Like, you can do this. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And and then he got got a little bit more forceful with it. And I just was like, okay. And I never said anything afterward. I never did anything about it. And it is, it's very much this idea that if you speak up, all that's going to happen is most likely you're going to get blacklisted as a artist, as a worker. Right. So I just was like, I'll let it go. And, and it's skewed me out so much, but I, at the same time, I was like, okay, well, I was also a single mother at the time. So I was like, just, just do it and be done with it. Don't think about it ever again. Just push Uh, it down. That's what a lot of us do Mm -hmm. in everything. We just think that we can push it away, push it away, push it away. I think it was my fourth 
episode that really talks about this, that we actually need to deal with it. And sometimes we think we're going to open up this Pandora's box and it's literally going to swallow, swallow us up. But honestly, if we deal with all these little things in the moment or maybe right after and like get it out fully and get out the tears and the pain and maybe whatever that was bottling up in the moment, it actually goes through the emotions a lot quicker than we even think. And then we can move past it. So that's something that I've learned is kind of now kind of going through the emotions as it comes. Even if you just go to the bathroom and cry for five minutes and then it literally passes a little quicker. What, what do you think about that? It's so spot on too, because I mean, I let all of this and, you know, that wasn't the only situation. There was numerous situations where I let it build up for like 15 years, 15 Mm -hmm. years worth of it to the point of breaking. And it was so much worse than had I let myself really express it, maybe gone to a therapist and say, hey, this happened maybe call out the photographer and say, hey, that wasn't okay. You didn't get have the right to push me into that. All of those moments could have made the trauma a lot less and made the dealing with it a lot easier had I just let myself feel it in the moment versus just pushing it down and continuing to move on. Because then it builds into this big, it's so many wounds, it's so much trauma, it's so much to deal with that, yeah, maybe opening it up and bringing it out is like, it is kind of like a a trauma monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much bigger when you just sit on it and wait for the moment where something, you know, breaks, where there's that thing that just, it's the last nail in the coffin and you're finally forced to deal with it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, okay, so I'm in California. There's definitely strippers that, you know, they're fine. They do their own thing. I do think maybe they don't care. And I think some people are more equipped for this. They do something, they make money, they don't give a fuck. But I do think, like you said, you're pushing things down, you're pushing things down and it makes you have to kind of like change your boundaries. And I always saw that. So I do pole fitness and I love it. And I fucking dance sexy as fuck. And I'd probably make tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars if I was a stripper. I would. I just know it'd be great. But me personally, I'm very, I think things through. So mm-hmm. I could see myself being on stage and just the same as what you said, like yeah. feeling that 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 I have to do this and that I'm doing it no longer for my pleasure, which is how it would start. But then I would have to like do things for other people. And also it is powerful for some people. I will say that like I've, yeah, yeah. I've heard some people, they're just like, uh, one of my friends lost a ton of weight and she was like obese and she was just like, yeah, I love this and sexy. She just got out of it. But Mm -hmm. there's just, there's this thing that it's making you an object and you have to kind of please the customer just like customer service, but it's with sex work. So for anybody doing being becoming a stripper or doing nudes or doing any type of sex work, what would you recommend when, what would you say to help them and maybe like when to call it quits? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I I do have friends that are are sex workers. And and that's the thing to really remember too is it's not the actual sex worker that's the problem. It's the industry and society behind it that's the problem. So for me one of the really mo- like the most important things I think and this would have been a great thing for me is to have a person in your life that you trust implicitly and has your back and is not judgmental of you, but a person that you can go to and talk through your experiences. So you have that kind of mirrored reflection and that witnessing to have a person that says, hey, are you okay with this? Are you okay with what happened the other night when you were at work? Because having that person can sometimes be a really great way to help check yourself. And I could say, yes, like getting into a place of radical, like self-love and self-worth where your boundaries are are upheld. But in reality, again, it it is an industry that's very much designed to not protect its workers. So having that external person that's also there to like, witness you and support you through it and be there to like say, Hey, when you talk about this, I notice your body language is like this. I notice your tone of voice changes. Are you okay with this? And is it time for you to step back from it? That I think would be the biggest difference for anybody getting into it. Oh, I think that's really great. And then maybe dealing with each little trauma as you go or having a support system. Because people, what I've learned with shame is when you actually speak about it, when you actually talk about how you're feeling and these things that are up in your head, it gets it out. It gets gets like a rock out of your backpack. It, It literally takes a like a weight off your shoulders. Like I've built up things in my mind that I had shame about and that were swirling in my head that like brought me to tears to even think about, but I stuffed it away for 10, yeah, 12 years now recently. And then I shared it with my brother. I can feel it coming up again. And it wasn't even like, I kept telling myself it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. But as soon as I shared it, he like, I shared it with my brother And he held space for me and he was like, yeah, that wasn't okay, Tia. And just like sharing it and it wasn't meaning it, I wasn't bad or wrong, but just getting it out and feeling heard. Yeah, that that validation of your own experience and being like, it's okay that that wasn't okay. Yeah. And you're being heard, you're being witnessed in it. That takes so much power out of shame. And I think, yeah, for so many women, whether you're working in sex work or not, oh, just the ability to be witnessed and validated in your experience and your pain can change everything. Yeah. Everything about it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So what, how did you overcome all this? What are some of the things that you did? And then what are some of the results that happened? So I, 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 like I said, on my own journey, I hired my own sex coaches to really work through things. Some of the biggest exercises that I personally did 
was as I was learning to re-explore my body sexually, so like self-pleasuring, I got into a state of really just learning to listen to what my yes and my no was with my body Mm. because sex work alone teaches you so much to ignore that and just continue to go. So I would do these practices where I would, you know, start a really slow breath work process, like really focusing on the exhale so that I could get my nervous system relaxed and get my body going. And then I would maybe just start by like caressing my face, my neck, my arms, and just tuning into my body. Like, does this feel okay? Does it not feel okay? And then maybe I'd move on to like a breast massage or something along those lines. And again, is this okay? Is this not okay? And then when it came to touching my pussy, it became the same thing. And then it just, everything was slow. And what I learned to do was if I was getting the vibe from my body that it was a no or like a, I don't know about this, I backed off entirely. So I went through like months where I was not experiencing any type of orgasmic release or anything like that. Because what I was noticing that for a while, I was actually a pretty hard no to everything. But it was because it was like the first time in my life I had actually asked my body what it was okay with. So I did that. That was pretty pivotal for me. And then I went through my entire body and just did this like with each piece of my anatomy, like my cervix, my womb, my ovaries, everything got into a state of de-armoring them and really just focusing in on like seeing energy in them, releasing, tuning into what they needed and wanted from me. And one, it it actually, I had also gone through cervical cancer treatment and it completely wiped Mm -hmm. everything out. Everything was healed. Um, Like nothing showed up ever again on a test result, which was insane. Um, I also noticed that a lot of the pain that I had felt from injuries in my body had completely gone away. I noticed that my voice was a lot stronger in who I was and what I wanted to say. And then I also noticed my ability to experience pleasure was like nothing I had ever experienced before. Like it was deeper. It was bigger. I was having orgasms that I didn't even know were possible to have. And my level of intimacy was completely different, not just with myself, but like with other people and with a partner that it all transformed. Yes. Ah, you guys. Okay. So a lot of what happens is we go numb, right? When we keep Mm -hmm. our body saying no, but we do it anyways, our body saying no, but we do it anyways. We are literally numbing our body. So that's also kind of goes along with like vibrators. It, they start to not like work as well after some time, sometimes not for everybody. I don't overuse them. So like it doesn't really happen to me because I make sure to experience all the different things, but we have to get closer to our senses, get closer to our body, feel, feel it. And one way is de-armoring with a wand. Yes. Have you? Yes. Ah, yes. uh, you yes. guys. Okay. Yes. 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 So yes. all of the yes. <laughs> we will. I will have a link in this um, show notes for a de-armoring with a wand, and it is magical. It is 
fucking amazing. And it does, it opens up. I just did it again. I think it was for the third or fourth time. And it was, I did a different technique and it was like, oh, I hadn't done this before. There's new sensations in different areas. And oh my gosh, it does. It brings back more Mm-hmm. feeling in your pussy, more enjoyment. And then sex is just like, you actually feel these parts of your body and parts of sex that you're just like, what? Yeah. There's like little nuances that you start to learn about your body that you didn't even realize were capable of experiencing sensation at all, let alone pleasure. I mean, that that for me was mind blowing. I was like, I could literally just move my finger to the side and like just caress there and I'm not directly on anything in particular but like that can feel something and then that brings something to my body yeah it's so powerful so freaking powerful yes and then the yes and the no and doing that even in relationships like don't just do it for Mm -hmm. your spouse or if you you know sometimes it is nice to do for your spouse but maybe how can you get into it how can you make sure you are being in the mood or there or present and like ooh, what can I do to turn myself on to be on his level or whatever like get in it ah man I knew we just needed to talk. So, okay. I am wondering what kind of things should any new strippers or even like people getting on, what's the app called? OnlyFans, OnlyFans or, yeah. or modeling. Like, honestly, I want to say like have boundaries, but then have things even changed? Like, I know that it's still... That, that still could happen. You could get blacklisted or this or this or this, but is there maybe some companies that you can like look into or maybe there's a women-owned industries? I don't freaking know. Yeah. So there, this is something that's very slow growing. And when it comes to porn in general, there are a few women-centric porn companies that are producing porn and they're a lot more ethically done and a lot more female friendly. Um, So that's something there. It's still very small, but like, you know, it just takes supporting them to help them grow. Right. OnlyFans is interesting. And I'm very curious to see how this moves forward because on one hand, OnlyFans is basically just the site. They're not dictating yeah. to you what you put on there. Yeah. You control that. So yes, yeah. there is that aspect of it to where obviously like, you know, if your subscribers start putting in requests and you you feel like the push to go further and further. But there's also a little bit of a safer mm-hmm. space, I think, to do that because again, you're in control of the business. So Yes, you could hold some boundaries. You just have to make sure that you can still keep that up when people are like, hey, will you do this next? Will you do this next? Versus like letting them get away with yeah. that. Um, I think that though might be a really interesting shift. There was a great documentary that recently came out on um, Hulu about OnlyFans. Oh. And yeah, it, I totally recommend checking it out. It's really <laughs> interesting. I want to look into it. But it kind of talked about that. It hit on that a little bit. And I think something like that in particular, because over the pandemic, I've seen a lot of friends that do still strip go on there and use that because obviously the clubs 
weren't safe or open. And they're making more money and they're like, yeah, I'm still stripping, but like, there's nobody in front of me really. There's, so I'm not getting groped and I control what I do and I put out there. And I think if this is wielded correctly, it could actually be a very empowering thing for sex workers. Yeah. So have your boundaries, try to stick to them. If maybe something makes you feel icky or bad, tune into that. Maybe right. let it out. Tell somebody, have yeah. your have your self-partner. So let's see, have boundaries. Um if they're pushed or if something makes you feel icky, maybe try and learn with that. Have somebody to talk to, hold space for you, get it out. Even a therapist might be good or a friend, somebody right. that can hold space that isn't just going to be like, oh, that's okay. Like, no, somebody yeah. that can actually hold space for you that is is there and isn't going to be like, oh, just keep pushing your boundaries. Oh, you made $10,000, whatever. Like money is not everything. Your right. body, your trauma, your your emotions. So um, anything else to add to that? Yeah, no, I think those are the best. And like just really making sure that person you're tuning in with, like somebody that's not judging what you're doing, but somebody that's also just asking the questions. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Yeah. What is coming up in your body when you're presented with this request? What's like somebody that's really actively listening to you? Um, Cause that's the important part about it. Like they have to be somebody that you know is in support of you, is not judging you and then can actively talk to you through it. Yeah. That I think is really important. And then before you get into anything, like if you are going to make an OnlyFans site, if you are going to work at a club or whatever, really kind of writing a list out for yourself of what is important to you to get out of this experience and not just financially because there's more than that to it. Um, and then what is your yes and your no? And really keep that kind of visible. Like I even recommend like have that list someplace visible the way you see it every day is just that, that instant reminder of this is what I agreed to with myself. Is this okay? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta step back. Yeah. And it's okay if sometimes it goes past that boundaries. It's just about learning as you go. So right. hmm, I just had something. Oh, it slipped. That's okay. <laughs> so if you guys have been through these struggles and these boundaries and you want to get more in touch with your body, you want to get through some of your past trauma, reach out to her. So what is your Instagram and the links will definitely be in the bio, but I'd like to add it here as well. Yeah, my Instagram is the Valerie Schrader. So definitely hit me up over there. And then my website is sensual-power.com. You can totally message me, send me a free like a request to do just like a free mini session and we can chat about your experiences, it, what you need space holding for, like what what you need support with. Um I've been through it all. I've seen it all. There's no judgment here. You're not alone. I think that's the biggest thing that yeah. I tell people on a regular basis is you're not alone. So anything in your head that you're thinking is like, oh my God, I can't tell somebody this because they're going to think so differently. I promise you not. That's not how this works. Yeah. We all feel like that. 
Even just yeah. telling my brother, I felt like that too. And I'm right. fucking 30 years old. And that happened right. at like 18. Like I, I still literally this, I literally talked about it a year ago. I put it under the rug for that long because I just kept saying it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. It was my fault. Like that's right. what a lot of women do. So you're so not alone. Often. And I'm the fucking, I'm probably the most bossy, like, I don't know. I haven't been through too much trauma, I would say, but like still, whatever it is, it's worth talking about. It's worth healing on. It's worth getting right. it out no matter how long ago it was. So exactly. reach out to her, check her out, and please share this with your ladies. Share this episode. There's more ladies that need to fucking hear this. You're going to help support other women. So yes. please screenshot this, share the video, give us some feedback, and reach out to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And, oh, I'm so bummed about what I... I was going to ask it's you a magic but... question. It always happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just like going with the flow on this one and I'm so glad we, we scheduled it. So thank you oh, so awesome. much for this. I feel like it was a very powerful talk and ladies go check her out. Seriously. Oh, thank you so much to you. This was amazing. I am in love with you. This is so awesome. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, review, and share with your fellow biz babes. I'd love to hear your thoughts, takeaways, and questions. So leave me a review on iTunes. And until next time, I'll see you at the top. It's up to you to level up.